we're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Let's get into it. What's love got to do with it? The subtitle of the subject today is actually going to be Eros of Love or Eros. Uh, it sounds like Ero, but it's spelled E-R-O-S. So we're going to be talking about the Eros of Love. Uh, you can't find the word Eros in the Bible. It actually comes from a kind of a Greekology and the, the mythology of the Greeks. And it's a Greek word that actually refers to the physical, the sensual love of humanity. So fair warning, I don't know if there's any children in the house here today, maybe small ones, but we're going to be talking about that sensual feeling. We're going to be talking about that word called sex. Not too heavy into it, just enough to bless you and help you and get a biblical perspective. But I do want you to know that God is in that. He is. He is. Are you ready? 1 Corinthians 7 and 8 and 9 says, Now to the unmarried and to the widow I say, It is good for you to stay unmarried, as I do. So that's Paul's words. Paul says that, you know, if you're not married, it's okay. I'm not married, and he's not telling everybody not to marry. He's just simply saying that's okay. Some people are called for that. I know I wasn't, but Paul was, and some of the people are. But if they... But, but if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. And then Hebrews 13 and 4 says, Let marriage be held in honor among all. And let, marriage be, uh, let the marriage bed be undefiled. For God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. That generation, God will take care of that. So he says that even in marriage, the the the, the the art of love, if you will, the act of physical attraction and sex is really ordained and it causes you to live a life that's pure and right and God's blessed it for marriage. And so, so respect it. He said, honor it. Uh, 1 Corinthians 7 and 5 says, do not despise one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that, now he's speaking to married couples here and he's saying, um, don't deprive, I'm sorry, don't deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time. Or don't, with, don't withhold yourself from your spouse. But for a season, that you may devote yourself to prayer and then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So the Bible says in this verse, really, if you'd read it closely, it's really saying, uh, too much of a good thing isn't good. So you have to begin to take a moment when you both can agree that, hey, we need to give ourselves over to God and let God be the center of our life. So it's all over the Bible, folks. It is all over the Bible. In fact, if you don't think that God's into lovemaking, you need to go and read the book of the Songs of Solomon. He talks about everything from the head of her temple the toes and everything in between so God designed it this way but the question is what does love have to do with this love has everything to do with it because God ordained it 
How many married couples do we have in the building this morning? How many single people do we have in the building this morning? This message is for singles and for the doubles. Are you ready? Come on, pray for the service one more time. Lift up your voices. This is, this is for you. Ask God to bless it. Come on, everybody. Ask God to anoint me and touch me. You don't want to hear from me. You want to hear from God. Oh, Lord, we receive every prayer today. God, we thank you for your blessings. God, anoint me today. And Lord, let it just hear straight from you. Let us receive from you and bless every person here today. Let us walk out strengthened and encouraged and blessed in Jesus' name. And somebody say amen. Amen. And give the Lord one more, just one more acknowledgement of praise. Just one more. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated here this Sunday morning. The eros of love is something very unique. It's something that really is identified by, by parents and their children when they're really young. I think maybe some of you who've had children have seen this in your child. And have you ever had anybody, one of your children, come up to you when you knew they first met their, their puppy love? Someone. I call it puppy love. And you ask them the one the first question I think every parent should ask their child when they say they like someone or they have a boyfriend or girlfriend, the first question I always ask is, well, who are their parents? The second one is, and where do they go to church? It's just a question. Don't get offended. A lot of people like to go out and they like to have hope and think that when they do find that person, that even though they don't believe like you do, then they hope that one day they will and try to convert them on the way. So I've heard people say this before. Um, is that your boyfriend? Is, oh, I'm just, it's a new convert, just working on him right now. <laughs> working on him right now, hoping that they will come to God. You know, I think that's what everybody says is when they're living for God, they want to find the right spouse. Because here's, here's the, the key, and here's the key to success. 90% of your success is going to be based on who you marry. It's going to be based on the person you choose to spend life with you. The person that you say yes to. And, and if that person that you say yes to says yes to you but no to God, then it's going to hinder some things because God is love and the true flow of blessings and favor comes in through that institution of marriage that God has ordained. I believe the family that prays together, what? Family that worships together also stays together. It's so good to be with your family in worship. It's so good to, to, to value, value family. Family has to be a value. Visions and missions change, but, but value should always stay the same. And what you value in your life is so important. So important. But God values marriage. He values the family. And so much that he ordained that structure and that, that, uh, that, that flow of government in the family, he recognized it also as the same way he operates in his church. By making Jesus the husband, the church the bride. And so that same institution is used as a structure and kind of a template for his church. So it's very important to him. 
So when we look at this, we recognize that from a young age, we all experience this sensual feeling. Our children, when you were little, do you remember your first beau? How many of you remember your first girlfriend? Nobody? Remember that one that they weren't even that good looking, but you just kind of, you had to test the waters and do it was like people, people had a boyfriend and a girlfriend, you wanted one too? Maybe that's just me. I won't tell you who my first boy, girlfriend was. Not, excuse me, I almost said boyfriend. <laughs> I won't tell you who my first girlfriend was. I told my wife one time, we were out and about, and I said, look, that was my first girlfriend. She, Love is blind. Eros is blind. That sensual love, that feeling you get, and it could mislead you and misguide you and almost tell you that it really is the real deal. I've heard this before so many times. I heard it growing up uh, through my brother, my, through my sister. Uh, when we, she had a first boyfriend. I remember telling this to my mom and saying when they asked me uh, what's their name who their parents are and I said this is so and so and they judged the the person by their home and they would warn me and they would try to tell me man that's when they met them I don't know I just felt something there be careful and we justified it when we were little by saying, but I love them. I love them. We didn't know what love was. And even as a child, you don't know what love is. You understand, okay, let me rephrase that. You know what love is, but not the agape. Pure. Pure. Organic spirit of love that comes from God. That was meant to come into the institution of marriage. Beforehand, we were experiencing eros. We were experiencing sensuality, butterflies, feelings. Nothing more than feelings. And we think it's real. It is real, but it's not identified with God. It's a God-given trait that he has given to all humanity. The real question should be, is how much of God is in relationships? This is why we teach and have said it so many times for all of our single people. All of our single people, let me give you some advice. Stop looking for Mr. Right and Mr. Wrong, but become Mr. Right Become, I'm so sorry, let me rephrase that. Stop looking for Mrs. Right and Mr. Right. And just become Mr. Right and Mrs. Right. And God will send them to you. Because if you're looking for somebody good, God is actually preparing to send someone that's also looking for someone good in their life. God joins two people together. The union of marriage has been ordained by God from the beginning. And to give all of our single people hope... God has someone picked out for you already. Already. It's hard to believe, but already God has had, he's had someone picked out for you. So what you've got to do is just get connected to the agape love of God. And when you can get connected to the pureness of God, 
God will direct those inner feelings that you may have. So, so it's, it's a God design. It's natural to have those feelings. I've had young men come to me all the time and say, I love God. Single men, I, I, you know, young men come up to me and say, man, I've got these feelings and these urges, and I, I just feel guilty about them. And am I wrong for having feelings or, and, 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 you know, worship God? And my, my answer to them is no. Are you kidding me? That's, am I normal? Yes, you're normal. I'm like, thank God you have those feelings towards a girl. I'm just thankful for that. That is God. God gave that to you. But sometimes we don't know what to do with it. And we feel condemned and we feel weird. You're not weird. You're normal. Everybody has. And guess what? It's never going to go away. And it's always going to be there because God put it there. But it should never direct you. It should never be your, your lead counsel in your life. It, it should never be what, what makes you, helps you make decisions. There's something more important and way beyond that that helps with that. Now, sex, sex is a gift. Sex is a gift that God gave to us for a certain time. Sounds old-fashioned, but you know what? It still works. Sex is given by God for a certain time. And it's sexuality that draws you to that one person. That compatibility that you find. But it's all God-ordained. Listen to this. It's a blessing. When it's done in the right setting under God's institution of marriage... Proverbs 5 and 18 says, Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. A, a lonely deer, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight and, are intoxicated all, and be intoxicated always with her love. In the words, God just gave you the green light and said, There she is. I gave her to you. See, here it is right here. Um, marriage. Here's the circle of marriage. This is where God is. This is the Spirit of God in the the institution. And then whenever you begin to seek and to find someone, here are two people. One is waiting. One is living. This is where someone joins together to God with the intent to marry. But when God brings them to you, They're joined together. And these are the spirits of humanity. And spirit connects with spirit. Most of the time, when people are in a relationship, they're joined by body only and soul. With conversation mind, will, emotions, and physical. When anything outside of this institution occurs, what happens is it's void of a spiritual experience where God's, here it is, God is what? Love. When God gives love, he does it through the, now God loves everybody, right? 
How many of you believe God loves everybody? He loves everyone. It's a fact. He loves everyone, and he tries to bring them to a relationship. But when, whenever you're, you're in a relationship outside of this, and you're doing things that were only meant for here, you start to feel, you start to feel things like, like feeling condemned. We're just going to put a big C. You feel condemned. It happens. You're human. Everyone feels these things in their life. And then I've had, you know, again, you have people come up and say, man, I made a mistake. I've done this. And after a while, it just, you don't feel it anymore because it just becomes, you become numb to it if you keep doing that. But most people outside of the institution of marriage don't feel uh, blessed or they know in their conscience that, that they've got to get some things right with God. A lot of people have a hard time also prospering. A lot of people have a hard time outside of this when this happens, healing. They have a hard time also forgiving. There's a lot of things that occur outside of this, but I want to read you something. Um, here's what the scripture says. Number one, God blesses marriage. He blesses marriage. Listen to Proverbs 18 and 22. Whoever finds a wife finds a good thing. Husbands, turn to your wife and say, you're a good thing, baby. You're a good thing. You find a good thing. I'm going to tell you, if I'm anything, it's because of God. But beyond that, it's because of a good wife. A good wife. Some of you guys, your wife makes you look so good. I love taking my wife with me places. I love showing her off. I love holding her hand. I love when people look at her and they look at me like, <laughs> she makes me look good. Proud of, proud of her. Meet my wife. She's white. <laughs> All Latino. Latinos are crazy, man. I'm a coconut. People that know me know I'm a coconut. Brown on the outside, white on the inside. But you know, it's okay. It's, I'm, from South Texas. All my friends are white. All my brown friends tried to be white. Didn't work out good for me. Thank God for our translators that are in the house when we do Spanish services. But when I found her, I found a good thing. See, I had to find her, but first I had to find myself. I did a funeral for my buddy's uh, mom uh, last year. Last year, I believe it was or whenever it was, I, I did a funeral for them, and, and he came up to me after the funeral, and he told me, he said, Bobby, he said, man, I remember when you met Dawn. He said, do you remember having a conversation with me in the apartment? I lived in San Marcos, and we I had a roommate, and I had a conversation with him, and I was fixing to marry my wife. And when I found her, I thought I loved her when I first met her, but I was infatuated with her. It just, that's what happens first. How, how can you love someone that you don't know? Right? Honestly, when people come up to you and they say, I love you, most of the time they're just being kind and being nice to you, of course. It's, but when people walk up to me, they don't know me, say, I love you, I'm like, you, you don't even know me. I, I just, I'm a realist sometimes, and I think to myself, 
You don't even know me. You may feel the love of God towards me. That's possible. I understand that. Because I can love people and feel a love for people because you're God's child and you're God's creation or you're, you belong to him and you can feel the love of God. But to, to, to really know somebody, you have to go through some things. To have deeper love, you have to go through some things. So I thought I loved her when I first met her, but I did not love her like I love her now. Whatever hasn't been tested can't be what? Trusted. Every relationship has to be tested before it can be trusted. So I trust her. She trusts me. We went through some testing. Uh, life is, is grand when things are going well, but, but life becomes beautiful after you've been through some trials and come through them. Your appreciation grows. But I found her. I found the other half to my life that was going to better me. Again, marriage is like an arrow. Marriage is like an arrow. The arrowhead represents the man. In most cases, it should. Well, the arrowhead is strong enough to pierce through obstacles, challenges, and where you need breakthrough. And it's always leading to the target. But the fletching of every arrow is the counsel that guides the front. What connects the two is God. But whenever a husband and wife come together, the counsel of a wife is a good thing to help direct the man. Sometimes men, we get in the place where we're insensitive to things. Women are sensitive to things. Women are worshipers. Women are war prayer warriors because of their emotional side, because the experience with Christ is a, an emotional experience. It is, isn't it? I mean, how many of you cried in the presence of God before? You smiled in the presence of God before? You felt the joy of the Lord in your life? And women become more sensitive in that area. And so God can deal with them and talk to them sometimes when we know the will of God, but we need certain direction to get us there. This is where the good thing comes in. Your better half. And you obtain favor. Favor. Favor involves people, not just God. So whenever you come together, here's a spirit man. The spirit man is here. And here is the Holy Spirit. And whenever you are in the Holy Spirit, which represents the love of God because God is love, then your spirit becomes connected to God's spirit. Their spirit becomes connected to God's spirit. And the two are joined together. And what God has joined together, no man can put asunder. No man can put asunder. You, you remember what the scripture says, a threefold cord is not easily broken? You know why some relationships are easily broken? It's because they're only connected in body and soul. And they are not connected with spirit. And through the spirit of God, there is the love of God. And a threefold cord cannot be broken. And when you obtain favor, you have favor with God and with your spouse. There's a triangle and there's a strength. When you fall, they pick you up. When they fall, you pick them up. How can two walk together lest they agree is what the scripture says, right? Your spouse should be your best friend because Jesus is your best friend. You know what my objective is in life? My objective is to love Jesus with all my heart. The second objective in my life is this, that this little lady loves Jesus more than me. 
I want her to love Jesus more than she loves me. Because if she loves Jesus more than me, she's going to do things that, please, that are pleasing to God. And, and God has my best interest at heart. I'm going to tell you, I have to be honest with you and tell you, uh, before I was married, I was a jealous Mexican. No, 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 I'm so sorry. I'm so, I wasn't a jealous Mexican. I was a jealous Mexican. There's a difference. Don't get offended. I'm Latino. I can say these things. I was jealous. The reason why I was jealous is because I was insecure. When this happens at this realm here, outside of the spirit realm, then it brings insecurity. Because only love brings security. True love, not eros love. Physical attraction. Not even the Philadelphia of love, not even the brotherly love or comrade love, but God's love. So I was jealous. If you looked at my wife or you were talking to my wife, I was eagle eyes all over you, not evil eyes. Well, evil eyes too. You're looking at them. She's like, she's mine. Always walk together with her. She's mine. Somebody walks by. I don't know why Latinos are that way. What's wrong with you? He looked at me wrong. About like a bulldog. Silliest thing. And it was such a turnoff to her. Such a turnoff. But she stuck with me. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But do you know when I got married, this may sound selfish, but something happened inside of me when I got married. My friend that day, I was telling you about my friend that told me at the wedding, he said, Bobby, do you remember telling me that, that when you, you met Dawn, I thought I forgot about that story, that when you met Dawn and you were going to get married, you told me that number one, you were going to live for God. Number two, you were going to be a good husband. Number three, you want to be a good father, and you want to find out how to be a true success. And I said, man, I don't remember that. He said, yeah, you did. You told me in the, ho- in, in the apartment. And I, and I thought, man, that's, that's really cool that I would know that at the age of, what, 19, 18? I don't know. I was young. We were young when we got married. We've been together for over 23 years. This year will be 24. 24. You know, it's a long time when you take the UR out, foe. When I got married, the reason why everything changed, I was no longer a jealous person because now I got into the will of God and got into the right place with God then. Now, there are just some people that aren't jealous at all. Thank God for you. But, you know, even God is a jealous God. He even said it in the Scripture. When his people went and worshiped false gods, he said, I'm a jealous God. Worship no other God but me. So, you know, it was meant to be, but meant to be under this circumstance. Listen, right here, security came into my life. And every insecurity I had was done away with. 
And I didn't wonder where she was at, who she was with, what's going on, because I knew we stood together one day and we said to God in front of family and friends, for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, through thick and thin, poor Dawn, she's back at thick, but I'm getting through it. <laughs> for richer, for poor, again, had to say that twice. And we said, I do. And I would put her, never put her second to anybody. And I made a commitment to God. So the scripture says that when a man marries his spouse, that he's to leave his family and cleave to her, and the two become one. It's, a, it's the craziest thing now. I'm, I can be in the car with my wife, and I can pick up her thoughts. Or she can be in the car with me, and she'll start talking about things that I'm thinking and we pick up each other's thoughts, not because of these two areas here, not because of body attraction, not because of the eros, not because of the soul attraction, but because of the spirit attraction. The two spirits become one. There have been many times we walked into each other's presence and I can feel when something's not right. I can feel when there's depression or I can feel when there's anger. I can feel where there's hurt. And there have been times when we've been away from each other that because we're connected to God, God will tell me she's going through something and I'll start praying for her. She'll start praying for me. She's woken up many times and told me, I feel a burden for you and I got to pray for you. And she prays for me. It happened just about two weeks ago. She said, I felt burning in my spirit. I prayed for you this morning. And, she, and you know, it's just a good thing. Someone say good thing. It's a good thing when you join together. So the, the objective for every marriage is to have love in the center of your life, but that that love comes from God. Never exclude the love of God in your life. Do you know where that love comes from? Guess what? Guess what? You're in God's house today worshiping God, when you come to the house of God, the best thing a couple can do is worship and love on God. Because by the time you walk out, if you receive everything you need, you'll be in this place of favor, in agreement, of blessing, of prosperity, and all these other things that come out. You won't, be feel, you won't feel condemned and you won't feel uh, hatred and jealousies and all these other things, insecurities, uh, living in poverty. You'll live in provisionary life. Caleb, Caleb made a great point the other day when he said, we don't believe in the prosperity gospel, right? We believe in the provisionary gospel where God provides all of our needs according to his riches and glory. But you see, God meets the needs also spiritually. And this is where you're strengthened. This is where you're encouraged. And at home, and wherever you're at. So, so whenever you, you see this, God is in this institution. Uh, point number two, and I'm coming to a close. Point number two is, there's nothing wrong with sex. There's nothing wrong with S-E-X. Here's what makes it wrong. It's when it's done outside of this institution. That's where we feel condemned. That's where we feel miserable, frustrated. Why, don't, why can I be blessed and walk in that life like they do? 
And, and, and you know what the worst thing you can do is to see people that are, that are successful, that aren't married, living outside of this circle. And let me remind you, not everything that God, that, not everything that God promises sometimes in the Scripture, when you see it in somebody else's life, is always from Him. It's like, it's like someone said to me one time, if the devil can't get you with failure, he'll get you with success. David saw this and he said, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, he said, I almost gave up. I almost just quit. <laughs> it just bothered me. David was bothered, bothered about that. But then he read, if you're reading the scripture, he later on said, he said, but I went to the house of the Lord and saw the end thereof. In other words, I knew that even though they prosper and the wicked prosper, there's a certain security that we have, an insurance with God, a reassurance with him, that when we fall, God picks us back up. If we lose everything, God restores us double like he did Job. When they lose something, there's no guarantee. When God blesses, God's blessing is come without, they come without a curse. But we have a guarantee from God that if we fall behind, God will pick us back up to speed. If we fall down, he picks us back up. Listen, it's just like the parable, just like the parable in the scripture where it says that there are two that built a house. One built his house on sand. The other one built his house on a rock. And when, when that person who built his house on sand when the storms and the flood waters come and everything by, goes around, it's going to take the foundation and that house is going to fall to its calamity. But the person who builds on God's word and the person who has God as their foundation, when they build on this foundation right here, when the flood waters come, when the troubles come, when the storms rage, the storm can't knock down their home. Their home is going to be sound and strong, and they're still going to be there afterwards. That's what it's all about. It is all about building your house on a rock, and that's what this whole purpose is in life to build everything we've got on God's Word and to let Him establish us and to let Him bless us and to see a different side of God. So, so it is a gift. Coming together is a gift from God meant to be expressed in marriage. But listen to this. Even the Bible says, even when you go through this, 1 Corinthians 7 and 5, even when you go through it, i read it again. He said, do not deprive one another, except perhaps, perhaps an agreement that you may devote yourself to prayer, but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of control. Even God, through, through Paul, writes, you need to give yourself a season. Even you say, maybe we need to pray and come together. Oh, trust me, trust me, trust me. I had to learn this lesson the hard way. I did. I had to learn this one the hard way. There are times I had that feeling. I wanted to be with my wife, and I wanted to spend some time with her. She'd walk into the room, and she'd say something like this. And this is, this is, this is tough for men. Sorry, baby. I, I feel like the Lord wants me to go pray. And you don't know what to say. You're, you fear God. And you don't want to say, no, I don't, 
I almost wanted to say, I, I didn't, I don't feel like the Lord's telling me that. That's not what God's saying to me. I learned at times that when I didn't respect that, that it was actually God trying to use her to pray for the family of something I was fixing to go through or whatever. I felt guilty. Now, she says that I learned my lesson. I said, okay, baby, do what you got to do. Now, please don't go home, wives, and say, remember what Pastor Bobby said? I'm feeling that right now. <laughs> you know, I have a headache. And that's why I always keep a bottle of aspirin next to my bed. I'm joking. Don't use that. Please, wives, don't. Husbands, don't. Whatever. I doubt husbands would do that. But anyways. <laughs> yeah. <there are. laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is every, every relationship, young people, Trust me, the first thing you need to ask yourself and that person that you're feeling this eros from or for is do they love God? Even, even businessmen, even businessmen have written books stating in business. I'll reference one of them. Uh, Jim Collins wrote a book called From Good to Great. He said, most corporations have the problem of finding the right people because they put them in positions thinking that they'll gather and get a desire for the position and for the company and buy into the vision, thinking that your promotion will give them the heart for it. But he said, that's what makes companies fail, and that's why they don't make it from good to great. But he said, the real, the real secret to that success is this. When you put somebody in a position, they already have to have the drive. They already had to have the love. They already have to have the passion. And then you put them in those positions, they'll just continue what they already are. So you don't find people and motivate them. You find motivated people and put them in there. So the same concept applies to relationships. Now, God can do anything. But the truth is, don't go looking for love in all the wrong places. Look for love in the right place with God first. And God will bring that person that was meant for you in your life. And you'll find them. To every single person, you'll find them. Right now, God has a person for you. I've told people this. When you go to your prayer closet, write it down. What do you feel God has for you? Write it down. Write their hair color. Write their eye color. Write their skin color. How tall are they? And what you're feeling in your spirit, you pray for them and cover them. I've had people that have went out and bought shirts for spouses they didn't even know yet because they were ready for them, praying for them. I know it sounds crazy, but God's people are crazy to begin with. We're here worshiping a God that we don't even see, him, but we know him by our spirit, right? Everybody calls you crazy for coming to church on Sundays and going to church on Wednesdays, but you know he lives. You know he's there. So I've had people believe by faith and claim what God had and who God has for them. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But the main thing is get to know him first. And if you're married already, renew your love with God and things will get better in your life. What does love have to do with it? Love has everything to do with it. Love has everything to do with it. How many of you love him this Sunday morning?
Can, can you stand to your feet? Can you stand to your feet and just begin to love on him right now? Would that be okay? I want you just to just renew your love for him right now. Married or single, it's all about love, the love of God in your life. Not being misdirected because love, God is love and he has everything to do with it. God is love and he has everything to do with every area of your life. And God has ordained marriage and he has somebody for every single person. The person that God sends you is going to enhance your relationship with God. If the person that you have coming into your life takes you away from God, you may want to question that because that may not be the right person. But God is going to give you someone who's in love with Him too. So listen, just fall in love with Him and everything's going to be okay. And God will give you grace and God will give you strength. If there's a marriage in this place, as our elders come up, whatever elders are here today, and our prayer partners, can you come up? If you're here today and you need prayer, if you're here today and you need prayer, if you will allow God, if you will allow God's presence to come into your life and to settle it in your heart, then God is going to take over. While before we pray, I want everyone to, that's in this building to bow your head and to close your eyes. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria and download our app.